Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. We're in a series of the way in is the way on. And, you know, as, as I think about this, is we're kind of in a, we're in a new place in the series. This is kind of a next section. We've kind of set you up in the first section of helping you understand the love of God and how much He loves you no matter where you're at and no matter what you've done, and His love is unconditional. We've helped you understand the place of the place how God wants to be near us and give Him access. And so we've done lots of things in setting up this time, but now we want to get more practical and talk about particular things that all of us humans experience that are actually pathways to following, having Jesus help us into things that we go through. You know, it's not really, you know, we, we're a vineyard. <clears throat> we believe in healing, getting free from things, having a breakthrough as people pray for us. And I've experienced many of those things throughout my life. And I've had actually even the things of areas that we're going to talk about today, which is anxiety. I've had that many God do some dramatic moments of prayer and getting free from things. But our focus today on actually all the things we're going to talk about we're going to say, you know, these are all common things that we go through. Now, how do we take those things and follow Jesus into those things? Now, that may sound a little strange, but when you think about Jesus saying, come and what? Follow me. It, was, it wasn't walking around. <laughs> it wasn't just information. It was like, you're around Jesus so you can become like Jesus. You're, and the way that you become like Jesus, many times they were thinking very outward about the kingdom of God, but Jesus was always saying, no, follow me in to the places where? In your heart, because that's where everything's at. And so we're going to be talking in this next sections, we'll be talking about really particular things that have, how do it is it that we follow Jesus into these particular areas, right? And and what I want to say about this is these areas, they're going to apply to everyone. Now, some of you, like in the area, of, we're going to talk about anxiety today. I am a pro on anxiety. I've been anxious most of my life. I know anxiety well. I can explain it. I can tell you what it feels like, all those kind of things. Some of you don't experience that much anxiety. I understand that. But all of us have this thing of anxiousness we often find ourselves getting pulled into, right, don't we? Some degree. And so what we're talking about will cover that whole span. So we're going to talk about following Jesus into our anxiousness. How do we do that? Now, for me, I think it's important to understand when we talk about anxiousness, what we're talking about. And it's a feeling of worry or nervousness or unease, typically about intimate event or something with an uncertain outcome. That's a pretty good definition. But it can go to lots of extremes of what that means. There's a very few places that anxiousness in that word is actually in any positive sense. Sometimes Paul says, I'm anxious to see you. He's excited. He's, his, his level of anticipation. But hardly ever that's how it's used. In the scriptures, it's talking about this place of anxiety or anxiousness or worry. Sometimes it's interpreted. 
And we see that being pretty central as Jesus is teaching of how do we, how do we, what do we do with that? So here's, a, let's just do a little, little experiment here. No judgment. I feel anxiety when, this lats some out, come on, come on, running late. I feel some anxiety when meeting new people. I feel anxiety when the pastor is doing this. <laughs> All right, wait, whatever. I feel anxiety when when your house is dirty. I feel anxiety when. Yes, I, I think that's very practically and very timely. Uh, and I feel anxiety when? What? <laughs> I relate. All right. Now, if we got down to a smaller circle, we'd start going into some other areas too, right? Of different places, anxiety, it's a vulnerable spot. And as we go through this, I, I just want to tell you a little bit of my story of anxiety. Uh, and again, please understand, it's, there's a wide range here. It's, it applies at the smallest thing of the greatest thing. I happen to have, I've had struggles with anxiety at a fairly high level growing up. Um, my parents were fantastic parents. I'm going to just say that up front. <laughs> you know it's coming. All right, so yeah, they were actually fantastic parents. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, I realized my parents moved the ball down the court of law, and I, God's doing a lot more in me, but anxiety was a pretty big part of my parents. I couldn't even, I didn't see that till later, because your normal is your normal, right? And as I always say, normal is just a setting on the dryer. You don't really understand what it means, right? It just, it can be whatever. And so for me, my normal was, I remember as a kid, just memories of getting up, and my dad, which is a really good dad, ran his own business. Uh, which is anxiety written to start with, but he, would, but he would get up, and I would get up, and he would have been up all night, and you have papers scattered over her trying to put things in order with a whole ashtray full of uh, butts of cigarettes, and, you know, and he, that he just all night, and then he'd pop up the next morning and push to the day, <laughs> and I thought, oh yeah, he's a hard worker, <laughs> that's what I thought, wow, he's dedicated to this business. My mom, so my dad didn't really have particular ways that he was aware of it, but you could see the symptoms. He was so amazingly wanting to be a good dad and a good person, and he really worked hard at that. And so I would notice sometimes, another thing I noticed is there would be times his anxiety raised to such a level that literally it would be like 10.30, and after he put us to bed, he would get in his car, drive to a lake an hour away, and fish all night. Because that was the only place... <laughs> where everybody was sleeping, and he could just be himself. My mom did it a little differently. My mom verbalized it. Anybody, you guys some of this, right? Your anxiousness verbalizes, right? And so it could be whatever she was anxious about, she'd have a tendency of saying it, usually in the form of, if they would do this, my life would be better. To the point, I remember walking on, down the sidewalk, and I would, just, I would see that tree hanging over why don't they trim their tree? And I think, ah, <laughs> I, I can't go to walk anymore, you know? Now, don't get me wrong. I still have these beautiful moments of my parents. And that, but what's interesting is, you know, when you, when you remember something in your childhood, there's a reason you remember it. 
It's just always a reason. The reason you can remember that and not anything else is because that was important. It brought something to you, negatively or positively. And I remember some of the most beautiful times with my parents. When my mom would be just singing her heart out, washing the dishes and doing art and just laughing at a party, even my dad's jokes, just laughing, you know, just, just losing it. And parties at our house where everybody was laughing, and my dad would, would always, he had this side to him, he would just get super creative, and he'd like get us in the car and take us out to, uh, we had no money, take us out to the grocery store, we could buy something, something fun, junk food, whatever we wanted to buy. I remember one vacation, we were at, I remember so clearly, we and Steve, were, my brother, were at uh, Clear Creek, I don't know where it even is now, I'd like to look it up. And um, it's this little beautiful creek that was just, and I remember the whole time, my parents were just enjoying us. <laughs> just, we were playing, it was safe. I just remember what that felt like. To this day, I think, I have a picture, I think, oh, man, that was the day. And I think, what was that about? It was a creek, <laughs> outdoors, camping. But my parents were present, and they were fully who they were. So, me growing up, I, I didn't know that anxiety was a bad thing. My parents were amazingly good people. My dad provided for me. It drove him somehow. I got, that's how you, that's how you get motivated. It's through anxiety. That's how you make sure you trim your trees, and, you know? So, I want, I want to show, a, do we have the video? Can we do that video? I want to just show you a video, and I want you to, okay, never mind. We don't show the video. I'll send, maybe we'll put in the link in the, in the uh, thing. But, right, so that's what, that's what they were scrambling for. All right, uh, so for me, it really just turned into a place I thought was kind of normal. And, and as life got more and more complicated, I just started figuring out new ways of managing and managing and managing to the place that I would say I was probably chronically anxious at levels that I probably should have got some really serious help, but I didn't know that. I remember when I came to know Jesus, when I finally yielded myself fully and broke down and just said, I need you so badly, what I remember the most was not heaven or this, it was that I have never felt that light in my life. I have never felt that much weight off my chest. I, and I thought, oh my goodness, right? Now, over time, I've just, you know, this has been something that I, I still have a tendency, if I, if I get knocked out, it's usually tied into this place if I start becoming anxious about things. And God's done a lot, you know, but this is a common struggle. And in fact, in America, it's hard to even know if you have anxiety because it's so common and normal. Like, you're just thinking, hey, I have less anxiety. That's kind of your goal. Like, hey, I'm not, uh, I'm actually slept at night. Or, oh, I actually am relaxed. Or I'm laughing. Or I feel, I mean, you think, well, this is new. I must have less anxiety. So, how is it that we follow God into our ang anxiousness? This is a verse, strangely enough, that I memorized 
when I first became a Christian, and it really has been a, one of the greatest verses of my life that I keep holding to, that God keeps transforming me in. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now, I wasn't going to even use that part. I was only going to use 6 through 7, but then I looked at it in context. This is, this is Paul, and he's talking to the Philippians, and he's talking, you know where Paul's at? Jail. Right? Not knowing what's going to happen to his life. And he's talking to the Philippians, and he keeps telling them, like, life's hard. He, Philippians makes it really clear. Man, life has some really hard suffering. But I want you to keep, and you see in the Philippians, what do you see the word? Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Right? Over and over again. And I love what it says here, because I, I just think in context, this is how we get it set up. Rejoice, I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Have you ever tried to be gentle and kind and soft when you're full of anxiety? <laughs> Here's what I love here. The Lord is near. That's a great way to start. Right now, in this room, this is true. The Lord is near. Anxiety tells you the opposite. But the Lord's near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let's go through this. Don't be anxious about anything. Please excuse me for my simplicity here. If you can look it up, that means anything. Well, most things. No, anything. Don't be anxious about anything. And I remember, you know, when it talks about this place of not being anxious about anything, I remember when I memorized this verse, I just couldn't take it in. Like, the idea of that, it seemed somewhat irresponsible to me. I'm serious. It's like, what am I going to do? Just enjoy life or something and, and, and just not care? And I'm going to go off the deep end and I will, I will never have enough money and then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do these stupid things. I mean, I'm telling you, that's how much I thought anxiety was helpful to me. And when it said anything, well, like certain things, but not anything. I, I remember, have you guys ever had this, like, you're going through something that's really painful. <laughs> and this kind of artsy person who's not really lived much life, I'm not thinking about anybody in this church, but I'm just saying, imagine this person comes up to you and says, and you're like, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. I get so mad when I hear that. It's not going to be fine. If it wasn't serious, and the reason I get mad at it, because it's really truth, but it's the way that they were saying it was like, it's all going to be okay circumstantially. It's all going to work out better. These things are going to go away. And I think, I've lived life. They don't always go away. There's all kinds of pain in life I experience. So I think, you know, and I thought... If I don't worry about it, who's going to worry about it, right? 
If you're, I mean, that's, that's what I like. It's like. Think about this way, you know. Have you heard this one? Like, don't worry, Grant. Let me worry about that. Like, we need someone to. So if you don't do it, just know I'll worry before you, which you don't really do. But the idea is we just think it's responsible to worry. So I just want you to take that in. Be anxious. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. The Scripture says it. I'm just think about that. If this is what God wants for you, it is to not worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Okay. God tells us not to be anxious about anything because worry is never good. Now that seems like, well, but I'm telling you, we will talk about other things and we know they're bad. But worry, it's like, we kind of brag on our worry. Oh, I'm really stressed out. You know, we, we, we just, it's just part of us, right? But just think about that. No part of worry is good. It's not who God is. It's not what the kingdom of God is. God is not like, oh, David, I'm worried about you. You know, I, I, don't, I don't pray to him, and all of a sudden he goes, Whew, that's a lot, David. Man, you know? That's just not, a, that's not a God. Worry is no part of God. You go on, it talks about this. It says, but in every situation, you don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation. What situation? Every situation. It's a whole spectrum, Right? I mean, every situation is this place that you're actually, you know, trying to figure out, you know, if you're going to be late to work, that's a situation, right? Or you, you begin, you know, thinking about, well, uh, a doctor's appointment, that's a situation. Oh, that thing about money, it's a situation. That thing about your youth, that's really a situation, right? You just name it, right? Over, fill in the blank, what is it? that brings about anxiousness for you, that's a situation. And in every situation, it talks about what we're supposed to do. Now, I, um, I think sometimes when we find our anxiety peaking, then we say, we've got to go to this verse. This is, but this is a daily life verse. It's not a, it can be. <laughs> it works both ways, but it's not really designed to be a crisis situation verse. Uh, it's really the way we live. Because how many situations do you have that might bring anxiety in a day? <laughs> There's lots of every situations. It's not saying... By the way, if you get really stuck and you're locked up and shaking the corner, I want you to know this. You know, this verse applies to that, but what he's saying is we have to live in a different way by the way we pray, and it goes in to explain how that looks. By prayer and petition, some verses, some translations say supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request or petitions to God. 
you know, the, the Greek word in this place of supplication, position, it's really saying, let him know your specific felt need very clearly. What is your need? Tell him. And the whole understanding of this specific thing, it's this heartfelt petition arising out of a deep personal need, a sense of lack and want. In other words, get really raw and bring to light all that you're experiencing. This is a father-child relationship. Our Heavenly Father, and you guys, anybody who's been around parenting or is a parent, they understand that what you want your kid to do is to fully get out all that they're feeling and all that they're afraid of and all that they're threatened by. And you have to have a place for that, and they cry out for what they need. There's no better time as a parent when your kids are actually getting honest and raw and coming to you. And this is not just a system. It's a way of, it's this place of relationship. And then it goes on to say, with thanksgiving, which is kind of the theme throughout Philippians. But what it's saying is, there's a big difference between coming to God in need and putting it, getting vulnerable with Him and letting Him in and whining and complaining. It's a fine line sometimes, I know. But even when David's whining and complaining in the Psalms, he still has this anchor of, I'm coming to you because you're good and I'm holding to that. So when you're coming to God with your anxiety, this entry point of following Jesus into your anxiety, you have to begin listening. You remember what Caleb said? I think it's true, even though Caleb said it. It says, remember, last week, Caleb says, it says, belief takes effort, Right? The, the place as far as this, the work is to believe. The effort is to believe. It's not doing things. It's not doing it right. It's, it's to believe. And it continues on to say, if you filled up the Rashid, which I actually did. It's it kind of fun, actually. Uh, it takes effort to yield to Jesus. It does. It takes effort to yield to Jesus. Effort is not sin. <laughs> Effort is our participation in the relationship that we have. And so this place, of, this place and here's, here's a way of describing it, and this may be weird for you, but I, it will either land or you'll go, I have no idea what this means. I want you to point to where you feel anxiety right now. Point, it, point at it. Point to where you, when, you, when you're really anxious, those people who hate not being put on the spot, don't point. The people who don't mind being put on the spot, point to where you see anxiety. Where, you, where, you, where is it at? There? Okay, here's what I see. I see here and here. Here's my description of anxiety. My heart is fractured in some way. And it's going lots of different directions and my heart feels a weight, right? It just feels almost stick to your stomach sometimes if it's really extreme, or you just feel a, 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 an anxiousness down in here. You're just not settled. Like right now, if you closed your eyes, some of you could feel a hum down there, <laughs> right? But your mind's involved too. What's your mind doing? 
Your mind is going, how can I fix this? What can I do to get out of this? Mm, what can I do to get mm, mm, and it doesn't get it doesn't die the hum down the hum goes higher and higher what do I do to get out of this right of what went wrong you replay replaying is always a sign of it you're replaying that situation if I wouldn't have said that I look like a fool or if why did I do that on my job now I'm getting called in and why did I spend my money that way I mean it just your mind's like it's going to fix it it's going to fix it it doesn't fix it doesn't fix it, doesn't silence it, erases it. Because you're trying to figure out how to handle something you can't handle. So your prayer involves your heart and your mind. You look at Scripture and you know what God said and you say this is true and you think about the goodness of God that he has done in the past and you think about how God is good now and you think about those things what are true and right and lovely you think about those things because they're true but you also open this vulnerable part of you that is is basically needing help and feeling desperate to saying I need you father in this I need you Jesus into this it's basically taking this looping thought and this anxiety and saying, now instead of that, I'm going to put effort of taking those two things and come before God with those two things. Does that make sense? Good part. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's lots of different translations on that. It's like some say the peace that exceeds anything we can understand, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Here's this thing about God. God is not anxious. And when you're around Him, His peace, His love runs off on you when you get in His presence. He's not anxious. You know, Jesus, you know, you can, you, you can something that make me smile about Jesus. You're here on the earth and you know you're here to save the entire planet. So you wait 30 years before you start ministering in a public way. And then during that time, you hang out with a lot of people, have lots of dinners, and never rush. We got a planet to save, you know? But with Jesus, it's like, no. He, he puts his trust in God doing the work. And he does. You know, um, it's interesting, you know, we see it all the way through, those who follow Jesus, right? I mean, you see in Jesus, like, I mean, he's sleeping in a storm on, down below on a boat, like, oh yeah, are we close to death? Oh, get up here and look around. I mean, just lives without anxiousness. Great need? I think I'll go over here. 
<laughs> you know, ah, how'd you do that? You can't stay. Don't you feel all the obligation? No. You know, I'm connected to my father. I mean, you think about just so much of how Jesus operated, right? And we look at the disciples as the same way, like, you know, after the Holy Spirit came, they're in the prison after being beaten, and they're singing hymns and praising God. It even works to the most extreme where Stephen is getting stoned and feeling the presence of God and peace. I mean, it's wild. Because they're experiencing a peace that is not circumstantial. They're experiencing a peace that God gives that is eternal, that comes as the source of God and God alone. And there's this beautiful thing about this place of peace. You know, the, actually the word that works into this place of anxiety or where we interpret uh, it, worry in the Scriptures, if you go back, it literally, uh, the old verb comes from this place of literally divided and distracted. Anxiety just divides us and distracts us. And God's peace it's the whole emphasis on that in the Greek is that it joins together and makes whole. When I watched my mom laughing, I was experiencing the wholeness of my mom. Right? When you, you guys know those moments when you're around your kids and you're not anxious, how different your interactions go or anybody, or any place, or any situation. Yeah. See, the thing about, we've talked about this whole thing of the kingdom of God. It's the rule and reign of his kingdom in our hearts, right? And so, the peace of God comes as we experience the rule and reign over our hearts and minds. Because when we have the ruler right over our hearts and minds, we're safe. We're free. We know we're loved, not just intellectually, but at a deep level. And we're able to be the person that God has made us to be. I'm just going to close with a verse that you're very familiar with. You might want to read the chapter because it's much longer than this. I just want you to think about just begin thinking the joy to have less and less anxiousness. The joy you would experience. And to not think that's a pipe dream, it's actually what God wants for you and is going to help you with. And when Jesus is teaching, it's interesting because when he's teaching, again, I did the same thing on this one. I started out with verse 25, and I looked at it in context, and I thought, oh, I think I need to go up a couple. Because I think it really is, is, is applicable to understand the context of this. And I looked in other uh, uh, the Gospels, and right before this was the time he talks about storing up treasures and barns and, and field, you know, you're storing up, you have your grain and have all these barns and fields so you can uh, accumulate and have peace. And he says, you fool. <laughs> and then he speaks about this. And this one, he says this right beforehand. No one can serve two masters. Either they'll hate one and love the other, 
or if you'll, you'll be devoted to one and despise the other, you cannot serve both God and money. See, money is not just money. Money promises things, accumulation, especially in the West, especially in the United States. It is accumulation because if I can get a little more, I can have more peace. You know? And we start, our mind up here starts developing plans to try to manage our anxiety with accumulation or we can come up with other things as well. What he's saying here is, no, you don't be mastered by that. You'll live, you know, don't be mastered. And I think you could actually imply here, don't, do, don't be mastered by anxiety or fear of the future. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Wow. Don't worry about your life. Sounds irresponsible. <laughs> what you'll eat or drink about your body or what you'll wear. I've never worried about that. All right. Uh, <laughs> I think they're talking differently there. Is that not more, or is life not more than food and body more than clothes? In other words, is it, is it really the physical what we're after here? I like that. Look at the birds of the air. You know, they don't, they don't sow or reap or store up things, you know, yet the Heavenly Father feeds them. You are much more valuable than they. Can anyone of you by worrying at a single hour to your life. No. So I want to just close with a little exercise. You know, I, I want to just go add one more caveat. Is right now, the world in, that we live is actually catching on to some of this. Like, things is not going to help. Rich people aren't doing well. Poor people aren't doing well. Middle people, it's, it's not doing, no one's doing well. So they're finally, they're finally catching on, but they're, they're realizing it's something else. And so there's this whole thing of mindfulness. Of, it's, and I'm not saying it's all bad. It's a place of being recognizing, hey, I need to understand that my insides are important. <laughs> but I'm telling you, if you think your mind and you can be the source of peace without God, you're mistaken and you're caught in another round of anxiety. Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. He is the peace. And so, understand, the world is dying for this message. It's not just us. And Jesus is our peace. 